Howdy pals, welcome back to a, another episode of the Pool Box Pals podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Monk, but you can call me Monk. That's fine. Just stick with that. <laughs> uh, and with me, we got a special guest because Mark is still taking some time off and you can call him mad. Uh, Don't call me special, mad. <laughs> not you. I meant to, I'm screwing this all up by trying to make silly jokes. And that's how I do. But uh, Ross is back with us for another. Uh, this isn't a story time with Ross since we're no, talking about many comics. Definitely not story time. <laughs> but man, I was I was racking my brain when we were talking earlier. Just peek behind the curtain. You came in super last minute to do this. And that's why uh, we're recording uh, ahead of time. We're not doing it live this week just so that that would work out a little bit better. But. Anyways, uh, I was really trying to rack my brain at like some comics that we have both read that I'd like know that we haven't gotten a chance to talk about. And my brain just instantly just went to the fourth man, which I'm pretty sure we've talked about almost every time that we've talked. I but feel I like just, every time. <laughs> yeah, I just can't get over how good that comic is. Well, yeah, dude. And uh, thanks for having me on, man. I really oh. appreciate coming back. And uh, yeah, man, it's me. It's Ross. Red Optical Corp. That's who I am. And I am happy to talk about the fourth man for the fourth time. With <laughs> the man. Yeah, that. I mean, it probably would. I just can't can never get over how much I would love that to be a movie, which kind of seems like insulting to say to a comic book sometimes, like to say that you would like to see it in another medium. Because uh, I say that about uh, like Petrolhead a lot, that I would love to see that as like a Pixar movie. You know, oh, something yeah. like no, I mean, I don't even think Petrolhead needs to be a Pixar movie. Petrolhead just could be a movie. Petrolhead's awesome. Well, what I mean is like in that like kind of styling. See, I, I when I see that world in my head, it moves maybe not a pixel, just like an animated movie where everything is kind of like lively and like chunky. And like, I don't know, you can the art does such a good job in that comic of just bringing it to life and making what was that it movie the movie with um. The robots. Oh, God. Uh, oh, I think it's just called robots. No, 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 no. no I'm not. A, yeah, exactly. Robots. No, there's an. There wasn't. It wasn't an animated movie. What was that movie where it was like the junkyard robots? Yeah, I, I think know. it's just called robots. No, it wasn't robots. But you know, what? and I hate to say it, it felt Canadian. But I don't even know why. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I'm I'm thinking that. Do you remember like, any of the cast? No, I just remember it was like this giant robot that walked around and there was other people. <laughs> Man, I'm just like losing in here. <laughs> well, it's okay. I just Googled that's, robots that's... and... Uh... What was the name of that movie? And it was like really popular. God. I think it might be robots. No, it came out like 20 years ago and I'm sure someone's going to comment. It came it out a... in 2025. That's almost 20 years ago. 2025 is next year. I'm sorry, 20, 2005. <laughs> I was going to say, wait a second, are you reading the future? Have you ever yeah, read some like, You know, that, this robot movie that's coming out next year. Did you Who see knows? the thing? Wait, did you see the thing with the Apple glasses? A side point that the Simpsons predicted that too? No, I didn't see that. Oh my God. If you go, go anybody who's who's listening to this, go um, go Google the Simpsons Apple glasses and then go Google the, the new Apple Vision glasses and you'll see that Matt Groening literally was like a few years later. And it's like people walking into walls, a lady walking and falling into a sewer. It's oh like gosh. the funniest thing. And yeah, that's all I I'm thinking of. You just said 2025. I'm like, so he must know of a robots movie that I don't know of yet. Uh, I mean, I'd be very willing to place money that there will be a robot-based movie in 2025 because I feel like there's been a robot-based movie every year since 2005. <laughs> I, I will remember the name of this movie, and I will take after this because I don't know why I can't even think of even close to the name of the movie. But it reminds me, but the aesthetic of it reminds me of what I could see Petrolhead being in live action and not just animated. I, I'm telling you, man, I think you're thinking of robots. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pull it up real quick. This is how uh, this is how we're going to figure this out. Oh, wait, hold on. There we go. OK. Is it is it this stuff? No, because it's not animated. Oh, it's like a, a live action. It's, that's thing? what I said. It's a live action oh, robot. Right. God, I can't even remember the name of it. What was it called? <laughs> I'll type in live action robot movie. Uh uh, was it the one where Robin Williams becomes a human? 
<laughs> no, it wasn't that the toy with Richard Fryer. <laughs> no, no. Man, we shouldn't do a movie podcast. Let's stick solely to comics because we're just not our wavelengths are not, not as good movies. <laughs> Wally. <laughs> I just typed in live robots movies, and that's not a live robot. Oh man, I'm dying laughing. I'm There's crying. a movie just called Robot. It was no, no robot jocks. I, I, I don't even want to, I'm like laughing like I don't even want to say, but I think it begins with an A. <laughs> that's the worst oh, description gosh. ever. That is um is it ex machina? No, because that begins with an E, not an A. <laughs> So I mean, so you're dedicated to it's about robots and live action. The movie starts with an A. It probably. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, I think we I should get off this all topic of this up. because otherwise it's going to be one of those twenty minute podcasts where we talk about the movie that Ross can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, wow. All right. I somehow opened up Audacity. I'm going to start recording a whole other different thing. <laughs> it's because I typed an A. All right, so let's get recentered back on comic books. Um, actually, you know what? That's this is a good segue because I uh, we're going to be showing off, or at least I'm going to be showing off my pools from the uh, this past Wednesday. Which, if you're watching this the day that this comes out, which is one full Wednesday ago, so if you want to see what our current pools are, head over to our Instagrams. We'll be posting those sometimes this week. But uh, I did pick up. Petrol head number four. Nice. And I haven't gotten to dive into it yet, but uh, another number four that I picked up this week that I did get to dive into was Zawa and the belly of the beast, which I can't remember. We were, we talking about this on the podcast or before the podcast, before the podcast. Okay. Because yes, so much. We're the only two people the last... reading it. Wait, what? I think we're the only two people I know reading it. Yeah. Which is a shame because. It's so good. It's so, you know what it reminds me? It's so Seussian, like Dr. Seuss with the way mm. he would tell tales, like where it's like you have like a, a like the Lorax, mm -hmm. like kind of like, yeah, you keep chopping down these trees, you're going to run out of trees. Like that's what this reminds me of. It's like you keep, you know, itching at the belly of the beast and the beast is going to come back at you. But keep, sorry, I'm interrupting your, uh, your weekly polls. No, that's okay. I would like, like you said, <laughs> since we're the only ones reading this, I'd love to actually talk to you a little bit about it. Um, so I, I, am sure that I've talked about this on the podcast before, but the premise is that there's kind of this little town on an Island and they have like this mountain guardian that they call is kind of like a, uh, urban legend or like a local folklore, something like that, you know? Um, and there's this family that is kind of the main focal point and they're kind of chefs or pastry makers, those kind of things. Um, there's like one friend, a part of the group. And their dad had passed away uh, and it kind of picks up post this. So they're uh, they're working in this small town and it's run by this mayor who's like clearly like the most corrupt looking like you know, <laughs> like character, like just like and I, like, I think that's one of my favorite things about this comic is how like it is kind of trope heavy, but it isn't all of it is good. You know, like I don't I'm not seeing like a lot of like new or innovative thoughts in this. I just feel like it's a pretty classic like teen story or a young well, boombox. story. It's mm -hmm. boombox. Bo boombox is booms like teenage audience like spinoff. Like that's the whole point. Like boom is, you know, boom is boom and boom is awesome. I mean, mm -hmm. I read a ton of boom. I know you do, too. But boombox is meant for that teenage audience. But I also feel like. Um, I can't remember the, there was another boom box book I read like uh, a couple of years ago or two years ago that I thought was really good, but this is like, that's, it reminds me of that, you know, we're trying to teach kids a lesson, mm -hmm. but we also want to have a good comic book come out. And like you said, it's a family on an Island and that's kind of what, you know, and this uh, group of kids, one of which is the son of the dad uh, is trying to find out you know what where where does dad go how does dad die what happened here and it takes you through this whole like mystery of this beast of the island and you're kind of like whoa like is this beast real can they solve this kind of like goonies-esque mm. it's like if you took goonies and you mixed it with the lorax and you're supposed to be taught a lesson about what not to do like don't don't hollow out the belly of the beast. The beast will come after you. Yeah. But also, like, is this 
folklore really true? And maybe it is, but maybe it hasn't been told in the way that you know, like the one-eyed Willie story. Right. Yeah, I I just got to say, I really feel like the art does a, such a fantastic job of... Uh, I, it's... So the there's like this like i said there's there's this guardian figure and she's we've learned in like the latest issue have you read it are you did you read number four yeah yeah it's so, awesome it was um she's like this, this kind of like re this creature that the island keeps producing to like balance it out or essentially be kind of like the embodiment or the incarnation of the mountain itself you know um and so it shows we kind of get this history of the relationship between this uh, Zawa, which is the titular character um, and uh, man and mankind as it comes to humankind, as it comes to this Island and, you know, tries to start taking advantage of it and just seeing how, you know, how they've constantly tricked this thing into being by giving it sweets and keeping it docile and, and all that, those kind of things, which is its own kind of social commentary in a way, you know, of just give them bread and circus and they'll never revolt, you know? Um, right. Right. So, yeah. And just again, going back to the art is when there's multiple times where the uh, Zawa figure, like, realizes her purpose or starts to like actually contribute back to the mountain to like beautify it and i feel like the art just really like is that it's oh yeah in those it's moments. awesome when when they feed that when they feed the zawa and the zawa like basically throws up like an apple tree <laughs> right yeah it's yeah like ooh, we, we like as if like they've been deprived or depraved of a lot of this stuff because the mayor is trying to control it and the mom of the kid is like, well, you know, this this beast really just wants to destroy the island. And no, the beast just wants to preserve the island. The beast is not like the beast doesn't want you to like the island itself doesn't want you, the, the person to develop. They want you to live off the island and they're willing to provide you food. They're willing to provide you water. They're willing to provide you shelter. Just don't destroy it. And. As humans, what do we do? We come in, we create homes, we create these factories, we create these things that the island is just like, that's upsetting to the island. It's like, basically they're saying you should be living naturally. You shouldn't be living in like this industrial commercial world. Mm. And because you keep industrializing and the mayor is like, basically like, you just keep killing the Zawa. As long as you keep killing it, you'll be able to control the island. But now that you've released it to the world, it's now going to be able to take over. Well, duh. Well, don't kill the Zawa. Just like, just live off of it. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. If, if some things started pooping and farting apples, I'd be like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> Greatest thing ever. Free apples. Right. And that's, and it just goes back to the thing of like the, the, yeah, it just this malicious <laughs> kind of like oppression of, you know, nature wants to work with you, but it's not for some reason that isn't good enough. We want to oppress it. You know, we right. have that that wicked sense about us. But yeah, I mean, issue number five comes out next month. And uh, I felt like the issue number three, I felt like the gap between three and four was really short. Um, but yeah, I'm super looking forward to it. I just love like it's it's just a good comic. Like it's yep. good, solid, like just I yeah, like no might complaints. not be the best, might not be your like in your top five, but mm -hmm. you want to know what? It's definitely not one of those books where you're just like, I'm just trying to get through it to finish it. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I look for, like, and that's right. it, this is always like my like standard of how much I'm enjoying it. Do I look forward to it when I when it gets plopped on the shelf at the comic shop? You know. Yeah. So tell me, what else did you pick up? I will do that by answering. I want to uh, hear. I want to hear what else did you get this week? I got Beware the Planet of the Apes number one, uh, because there is that new, um, you know, whatever it's called, Dawn of the Kingdom of oh, the God, Rise. I saw that commercial the... during the Super Bowl. I had no right. idea that, it, that they were making another Planet of the Apes. Yeah, and um, I mean, this isn't my thought. This is like an a a. a I got this off of another podcast, but. Um, they it's interesting to be like they're like well, look we're we're the new like apex predators of this world but it's like you're just using all the old things that we made for different things you're not making a steel ship 
you know, you're not going out and doing, you're just using old guns, you know, you're not making your own monkey guns, you know, <laughs> but anyways, that, um, I, I also recently watched the original Planet of the Apes, which is bonkers for like a, you know, a million reasons. So I'm, I'm curious to see where this is. Cause it's definitely set like in the original Planet of the Apes universe. Cause they all kind of look like, you know, that kind of monkey. Oh yeah, that's crazy. So, I, yeah, I had no idea what the that the, the artist literally. It looks like they're they're in those costumes from the original. Right. Yeah, and it which is interesting because it also is kind of like devoid of a lot of like detail and emotion, like those kind of masks were. But those masks would have been like way ahead of their time for the mm -hmm. time, you know. But well, I just said time twice. Yeah, well, did uh, did, you know what's funny when the when the original so when the when the trailer came out during the Super Bowl, do you know what the first thing I thought of? No, spaceballs. <laughs> Why is that? Because at the end of the spaceballs movie, they they land on the planet of the apes. Do you remember that? No, I at haven't seen spaceballs probably oh, since God. I was so eight years the, old. At the end, when the mega maid explodes, it goes to the planet. It like the, Mel Brooks ends up on the planet of the spaceballs. I mean, the planet of the apes. Yeah, and they're like, oh, boop, <laughs> spaceballs. There goes the planet. <laughs> That's funny. And it's there. It's the head of the Statue of Liberty with with the um, with the with the uh, the torch, and just like the end of the first Spaceballs movie, but uh, I mean the end of the first Planet of the Apes movie. So I was yeah. like, wait a second, is Mel Brooks coming out with another Spaceballs movie that I didn't know about? That's funny. <laughs> it wouldn't like, that be something? No, he's no. just yeah. you get this to the end just... of the trailer and it's the big reveal of Spaceballs too. I would have loved that. I'm like, nope, it's just another Planet of the Apes movie. Spaceballs, Sorry. you know, yeah, uh, Spaceballs is definitely one of those movies that I see like fake uh, flyers or flake, fake time. movie posters for on Facebook. And it's like coming July 2025 or whatever. <laughs> and it's just like and it's like somebody sharing it and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited. And it's like, well, that's why I keep happening. seeing those things. And that's why I'm like Planet of the Apes. Every time I see a Planet of the Apes trailer, I think because that's how Spaceballs ended, that we're getting another Spaceballs. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, I mean, similar to uh, Zawa and the Belly of the Beast, I will say that those movies are all like silent killers. Like they're all just very successful yep. movies that like mm -hmm. no one really goes like like goes crazy for, but they all do like no one goes girl. ape. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you said the best thing you could have, so I'm gonna keep going. Uh, <laughs> next is the Deviant. I think this is number four as well. Yeah. Have you been reading this? No. And you want to know what I've been actually watching you talk about this thinking like I, I initially, you know, when you read a lot of books, it's very hard to pick up everything. And I remember mm -hmm. when it came out and I thought it was like, that looks cool. But you know what? I'm like, I, I'm going to just pass on it because I was just, I'll see how everybody likes it. And then if I end up picking it up in trade, just like I haven't had a chance to read it yet. But when you guys were talking about Layla star, like I haven't read that yet, mm -hmm. but I bought, but I bought, but I bought the 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 you know the trade of it, so uh, I have zero problem picking up trades in issues where it turns out that the book was much better than I thought. Like I did that with Local Man too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, there, I do believe that there are just some books that are better in trades, you know, because I think some I I know for me again we kind of just alluded to this that there's some comics that like you're just reading to get through. You know, and like because issue number one and two were really good. So I just think trades are like perfect little, you know, I or like you, it. Sorry. Or, or you, you know, like when you read a trade and like you're what, like you you just said, like if you read a trade, like I, I know you've talked about this because I've talked about this. What's the furthest place from here? I'm sorry, just like to cut you off and go completely off topic. But hmm. if you just decided like, you know what, I want to catch up. I want to read the, the first trade. If you read that first trade straight through, you might be more inclined to pick it up than had you had picked it up book to book to book to book. Because yeah. if you read all first seven of those books, it flowed because it just flows. Mm -hmm. So anyway, sorry. Didn't mean to cut yeah. you off, man. No, it's all good. Um, and then the last thing that I got this week is Transformers number five, I think. Yeah. So this I, I didn't know was ongoing. I got my guy at the comic shop to put that on the um, pool list for me. So I'm going to, I'm on that. I've been loving that. Nice, man. I uh, picked up issue one. And again, it was one of those issues when I picked it up, I thought it was good. But again, I was like, 
I have so many books that I'm reading. I think I have, a, I went to my pull box. I have 103 subscriptions right now. Oh my but gosh. I think probably 30 of them have ended. But you want to know what? It was like when I thought Alice Ever After was going to end, but then it became Alice Never After and mm. Chicken Devil became Chicken Devils. And so it never it's like finished coming out. So, so, so some of these just never end. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I have this little shelf back here that's like for all my like currently readings. And like it's amazing how much like because uh, we like we also read indie comics and indie comics don't always come out month after month sometimes there's a three four or just a year-long gap in between you know what's the, what's the book you're reading what's that rad book? wraith yes i yeah. started that too <laughs> yeah apparently issue three and four came out or something i it was just too no hard for idea. me to follow my shop didn't get it so like i think i'm just gonna wait until it's all i know for a fact that's all done and then get it all it happened with, happened with me heart. with Duel. Okay, I don't remember Duel. Duel. Yeah, Duel was a was a, a you, you know like a, a world where you could go online and you could challenge someone to a duel, mm -hmm. like an actual physical duel. And like there was a kid who was really good. Like at You it would meet up in real life and duel. You would meet up in real life and you'd like meet up, but but like the, you you would have like code names so the police couldn't catch you. And because yeah. you were like signing a waiver through this website, mm -hmm. like the death wasn't like a murder. But like people would pay for it, and like the winner of the duel would get the money based on like some of the wagers. It was like a crazy cool concept. That is a pretty cool concept. But they only made like three issues. It was supposed to be like an ongoing thing or something like that. It, it, it was like two years ago, the last issue. And it, it's by like some random press. And I'm like, where is issue four? Like, I want to know what happened. They were just at an old folks home. <laughs> Oh man, that's a bummer. Cause you know that there's some guys out there, you know, or girls, whatever. There's some people out there that are like worked really hard on that. And then who knows why it all it was cool. Come out. It was good artwork. I can't remember who makes it. Didn't comics start with an A. Comics is <laughs> good. We're gonna go down this rabbit hole again. <laughs> comics are so interesting because I feel like there's not a lot of other mediums that are so like like movies and TV shows. TV shows may be the closest things where it's like you can change, you know, because there are some like yeah. uh, there are some TV shows that st are still filming a season while like the beginning of it is coming out. Not so much anymore since everything's kind of a lot shorter and more like bam pow coming out real quick. Um, but there used to be a time where people could like change, you know, how things were ending or whatever on the fly because they were seeing that people weren't liking where it was going. And I think comics can do that a little bit, but it's so there's so much risk involved in producing trying to do a six issue comic of like i hope that there's enough like i hope people like there's going to be a gap between four and five that's longer than all the other issues i hope people like number four so they're willing to stay on you know like all that kind of weird pressure that you don't get with like a lot of other mediums especially with some of these independent books where they don't have the money mm -hmm. like uh that's what happened with um again this is what i think happened with red five with fallen which I loved last year, but the problem was is issue two, I think like had had an issue where they all were ruined. Oh, geez. So they had to repress all of them. They had to like mm -hmm. redo it, but they have no money. Like Red Five is like, I mean, what is Red Five made that you know, like aside from fall? Like, I mean, I read right. Lead City, I read um uh uh God, the movie where they're running away from the sun, the movie, the book with running away from the sun, which was kind of cool, but they but they Red Five has done some books that I like. But again, there were a little press. Could you imagine if like all of a sudden you lost like twenty thousand dollars yep. worth of comics and now you have to create twenty thousand dollars worth of inventory out of nothing? Because it wasn't as if the stores are willing to pay twenty thousand more. They just have to that you you just have to eat that cost. Right. So that's why it took me so long to get to that. So I wonder if this pressing uh who made this is just like we just don't have the funding, like you know, and they're not gonna pull an aftershock where they're just like We'll just make it, and then we we'll just won't pay anybody. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a whole other thing. But <laughs> just like, I mean, I don't know what, if that's what happened, but I feel like that's kind of what happened, right? Well, hey, man, do you want to quickly run through uh, what you pulled this week? Yeah, I, uh, showing that off or just listing it off. Um, I pulled a lot this week. Let me see if I've got what I got here. Uh, I got some of what I have to the side of me. Okay, let me show you what I got. Okay, so take let's see what I got. I got. Zawa, nice. Which I definitely, you know, we just talked about. <laughs> I got masterpiece. 
Okay, I heard you talk. I heard uh, so, the guys on the comic book layer talking about that because I told Kyle to read it, and it's yeah. awesome. It is literally like Ocean's Eleven, like the the way the way that it goes. By the way, uh, I hate Fairyland Eleven, which is still out, which is still awesome. In this issue, they reference Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's impressive. Speaking and of being able to edit stuff on the fly, it, you know, that's what I, that's exactly why I was saying because you were saying edit things on the fly. And Scotty Young is from Kansas City, and he likes the Chiefs, so it's literally like it, 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 it's just it's it's a fart joke waiting to happen. <laughs> like, or maybe it's it feeds into that conspiracy theory that the NFL is rigged and that somehow he's got an inside that he, scoop. That he knew ahead of, of time. He knew ahead of time. Um, wow. I don't know if any of this is from this week, but I've got, I read Thanos three fantastic Four Seventeen, which was really cool. It was a time travel issue. Kill your darlings six, which is just getting way out of control. <laughs> oh, I did pick that up. I think, and I don't Moon, know why that Moonlight, wasn't in my night too. Um, Where did and then, that go? I uh, swear to I, God, I picked that up this week. I also read uh, the oddly pedestrian life of Christopher chaos. I read petrol had four, um, the Oddly Pedestrian Life of Christopher Cass. I thought you were reading that. No, no, that's mad. It's mad reading that. Yeah. This week, this episode, this episode, this issue is the first of a two-part. I, you know, I, my brain is and just I do it all the time. Um, this, this issue was a two-parter of how Adam Frankenstein came to be, how he was created by Victor Frankenstein like 100 years ago. So it's like. In the oddly pedestrian life of Christopher Chaos, you, you you find out like you know Christopher Chaos and his band of like high school like uh, people like there's like a werewolf and a this and that. They run into a Adam, and you don't know who Adam is, and it's kind of like who is Adam? Is Adam? It's Adam Frankenstein, but like where did he come from? Where, why is he in this church this whole time? And this issue is the first part of part one of part two of how he was created by the original Victor Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, like, mm. you know, that Adam Frankenstein is Frankenstein's monster, like, you know, which is really what it is. Everyone thinks like Frankenstein is the monster. No, it's Frankenstein's monster. Like, it's right. just like he's creating like basically his son, but it's his monster. So, right. well, anyway. There's a lot of people who's created sons who are their monsters, I would imagine. Listen, my son looks exactly like me. Sometimes he can be a monster, so you never know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, hey, why don't we dive into one that uh, I feel I, I actually, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know that you read this, but I'm I'm excited to to talk about this one with oh. you. The One Hand yes. from Rom V. I feel yes. like uh, a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about is very detective-y this week or kind of I, like... I love detective stuff. That's why. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe not. That's, that's not why we're talking about it, but <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, same here. I don't know what about it other than like just the mystery and the intrigue, you know, is something that, that gets did me. You know that, did you know the tie-in book? No. Ooh, this is going to be good. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Like when when you did that thing where you had that when you were doing that thing a few weeks. Anyway, so the one hand is Ram V telling the story from the side of the detective. Next week, or probably when this airs, is going to be the issue of the six fingers. That is telling it from the story of the killer. That's super interesting. And is, is so that, who's and writing that? Rom V. That's great. So he's writing two separate books that are going to coincide that you have to read issue one of one and issue one of one and then issue two and then issue two and then issue three and issue three. And you're like hearing that. it from both sides of the story. It's Could you imagine if like you're reading, if you're watching a movie and you're following this detective but then you're also following the serial killer and you're getting his perspective. But and, not even that. You have to like go to a different show to watch it. Right. You know, like and, episodes and, are coming out. That's really you don't cool. know. Like, I mean, maybe the serial killer isn't as bad as you think. Maybe this detective thing. Um, but I think that's cool. So, yeah, definitely before yeah. you pick up issue two of this, pick up issue one of that. And if you're going to pick up issue one because you hear about this, anybody listening or watching or whatever, the six figure man or I think it's a six figure man or something like that. That's you got to you got to pick up this issue first. I this wonder the if one you, hand. I wonder if you'll be able to read like the uh, the one hand. Uh, if you read that through, if it works, or if you have to do the other one, you I know? think you probably can read each individually. Mm -hmm. But if you just want from one perspective, but I want to see like the bouncing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me too. But I, yeah, I just, that's a very cool concept to me. Right. Um, why don't you, uh, since it's, you know, it's not an official story time with Ross, why don't you tell us what the uh, story is of the one hand? Well, the one hand. <laughs> <laughs> so what, one... I was waiting. I was more expecting like that to be the tie-in than. Yeah, what, no, but, what it but is. I. I had to, I had to give that I, if you didn't know that I had to give that in. So the one hand is basically this detective who is a almost retired police officer who's been solving this mystery for basically his whole career. He solved this mystery of uh, the one hand killer. Like he found this print and he thought he solved the, 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 he thought he solved the mystery of like, Oh man, I caught this. It was his big case, his big breakthrough. And then years later, there was a copycat killer. And while this copycat killer existed, the original killer was still in jail. Um, and it turns out like, no, it was the original killer or it was just a copycat killer or whatever the scenario is. They tried to like play it off as like he was just a copycat killer. Mm -hmm. Well, now there's a third person doing the same thing. And both of those two original people are dead and gone. And, and they're like, did we actually catch none of these people? Were both of these first two people wrong? Is there mm -hmm. a third person? Like, what's happening? But they find this picture at the end of the book, spoiler alert, where it looks like there's the imprint of a sixth finger coming off of the hand on the wall where this killer left no details. Like, he left everything was exactly how he wanted, the perfect murderer the perfect killer the perfect villain and now this retired detective who they threw like this whole retirement party for he's like goes to the chief of police i feel like he was like danny glover in lethal weapon like i'm too old for this shit. yeah <laughs> it's like yeah he's, he's ready to just like retire he's like but i can't let this out on me and it was just kind of like that's yeah so that that i will say is like the only bit in this that seems kind of cliche because i do like how it starts he's like sitting in this like um a therapist off office and he's like listen i'm not gonna go off the hinges essentially that's what he's saying to her and like that's really interesting because it seems like even very like melodic and like intentional there of just like i he knows what he's doing and whether or not he's trying to cover up any of his actions that's tbd but um when yeah, like this, like the cliche thing is just the fact that he's like, it was literally his retirement party. And then he's like, wait, no, this case is back coming back. But besides that, I think it's just in a very cool original idea of this guy who's trying to find someone who they're, they're like, we thought this was dealt with, you know? Yeah. Um, and it keeps reoccurring its ugly head. I am also interested in like the killer leaves like hieroglyphics oh, we also didn't we also didn't uh sorry we didn't mention that it takes place in the future i didn't know that it took place in the oh yeah i guess you're right it does it takes place in the 20th century or something like yeah flying um, cars and regular cell phones oh they had flip phones <laughs> like back yeah like i think that's probably what threw me off but then he goes to like a brothel and it's like a, a future brothel yes right right he has the ai brothel <laughs> yeah and i'm just I, and that scene like he's like talking with this uh lady who like uh you don't know until later she's a uh, like a sex robot but um her like eye starts twitching and i'm just like oh no the killer like poisoned her or something like that and i'm just then i was like oh wait no it's just a weird robot but you know there could have been so some sort of connection there but um yeah i'm so to go back to i was talking about the like hieroglyphics that the person writes and then he like puts his hand and that's where they see, like you were saying, like the mark of the sixth finger. And I'm just very curious to like, what's that person writing? Like the fact that like you said, like this guy is like very intentional and like knows what he's doing in his crime scene. The fact that he writes like this hieroglyphic poem. But they, they said in the, in the past ones, it was always just a hand at the end. And this oh, one okay. had, this one had a little bit of an extra part of oh, the hand. Right. Right. That, yeah. That, that's... That, that was what it was. He's like, wait a second. He left something else that he never left before. Right. Which would make me go like, oh, then this is a copycat, you know, or just the original guy getting sloppy. Could you imagine if this was really the detective trying to not retire? Mm. Like if both of these stories are told from like a split personality where the detective is the killer and he's just doing this so that he doesn't become unwanted. 
Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could I definitely that, see that would be a crazy like twist. That. It was like a Brad Pitt Fight Club kind of thing. Like this is like Blade Runner meets Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I it was nice to like kind of get something different from Rom V because I'm mostly mostly used to uh, reading like Rare Flavors or Lila yep. Star which is kind of has its own tone and vibe from the artist that he's working with. I will say uh, I enjoy the art in this a lot from uh, mm -hmm. Lucas. I agree a thousand percent. But it is very indicative of uh, Mike Dodato Jr. It yes. It like uh, in a good we way. We talked about it, that. Yes, yes, you did. He he does that like very fourth man. Mm-hmm. We're back to talking about it. Just very like very heavy. Um, like the the how do you say this? Like the background is always lighter, and the like for the thing that should be like the center of the panel is it's like literally like I, if you so Blade Runner, uh, do androids dream in electric sheep is one of my favorite books. Mm. Um, if you've never read it, you should go read it. If you have I read haven't, it. but I will. Eventually. Yeah, because it's basically it's the book that Blade Runner was based off of by Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick books are the most amazing books ever. Ubik is my favorite book ever. I've okay, um, never even heard of that. Exactly. You gotta go read. You gotta go read Ubik. It's it's the craziest book. U B I K. Anybody out there who wants to read an amazing book, it's ridiculously written. And in the uh, let's just say Philip K. Dick is not a grammatically correct writer. He doesn't write like uh, like Neil like Neil Gaiman or John Grisham. He writes in his own way. Anyway. Blade Runner, like this is all I got reading this book was these Blade Runner vibes, but mm. it also felt like very psychological where could it be that the killer is a psychopath and mm. not necessarily like a robot? Like thinking like, because mm. I'm thinking of this as like, are, who's a robot in this world? Like this is the 2800s. They're dealing with AI. They're dealing with robots. They're dealing with all this crazy stuff going on you know is this going to be like a more robotic killer or is this going to be that somebody has you know just mentally lost it or even like put their like uh a serial killer has um put his brain into ai's made a computer copy of it or and has had like yes maybe the killer the original killer is like right it's like a robot <laughs> right yeah or like he programmed some who knows but uh yeah it, it i'm excited to see where it goes because yep. i love a good detective story and speaking of another detective story that we both got into pine and merrimack number yeah. two except i got a different cover than you oh let's see it i'm a big fan of this cover oh that one's pretty good too i i you know i when i when i did my pull box i pick this because it was just that that ooh, if i can get my finger to go the right way <laughs> this the this the slit where it's just like they're they're holding each other and like this like you know with just a little bit of light coming through i will say cool yeah i i said this when i uh, reviewed the first issue but i feel like kyle stark loves love and mm -hmm. i love like that he just portrays like good healthy relationships yep. you know like the I don't worry about like the main characters like fighting like I don't feel like that's gonna be what this comes down to and maybe it will and that's fine I feel like it'll be well written but uh, for those of you who don't remember it's this couple like a uh, PI group where the man is an ex boxer and the woman used to be a detective but she got tired of kind of uh, always just solving murders and missing people cases because her sister was. Uh, missing and found dead i believe she was found i can't remember if she was uh i don't remember if she was found i think it was like it was one of those like unsolved i mean maybe i'm wrong but i thought it was like an unsolved murder and yeah, it was just like she right. was told she was told to like let it go and then she became a, because she was she she was told to let it go when she was a kid and that's why she became a detective she became a detective because after nobody could solve her her sister's murder and then so she started on this mm. case that they're on because the the picture of the girl in this murder or this this uh disappearance looked like her sister because she was basically doing like these you know divorce cases where they take pictures of infidelity and stuff like mm. that and if you remember at the beginning she almost gets poisoned with coffee in this issue right. Yeah, yeah. You can't have coffee I, at that place anymore. I will say that the tone of this is very interesting because it is kind of like light and jovial, while also dealing with like 
missing people, murder, and sex trafficking. You know, yes. so like oh, wait, wait, no, no, and don't forget uh, all the uh, crazy stuff that happens at the end when with all that like I don't know, right? Crazy like stuff. a cult essentially, <laughs> yes, right? Right, and like so it is. It's a I, I don't want to say the tone's weird. But maybe I'm just a little prudish and just being like, wow, you guys are kind of talking about like some really heavy stuff and then making like witty, like uh, MCU type humor at each other of just kind of like quipping. But it's fun and it's good. But again, like the world is so heavy and dark and then they're just having like a fun time in it. You know, all I think about is that it's Kyle Starks and I have to just imagine he wrote I hate this place. And he mm -hmm. wrote Unleashed, and Unleashed was about pets in Marvel, the Marvel Universe, that fight a hell demon. And I Hate This Place is about fighting demons in the woods with a lesbian couple who's trying to protect a farm. Right. So I'm kind of thinking, like, Kyle Starks has his own thing. And when I met him at New York Comic Con, he was a really nice guy. And I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll, read, what, I'll read what you write. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll understand that you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 all very good. I know that might sound like I'm just laying into it a little oh, bit. Oh, no. But... He, I, I, I know you love his his stuff. I, mm -hmm. Over the past few years, everything that he's done, I feel like you end up really end up loving reading. Yeah, I mean, I really loved I Hate This Place. And this is like, this, this again is like, I feel like this will be one of those comics that like, oh, when I see like issue number three pop up, I'll be like, oh, this is nice. This is fun. Like, let's just keep on rolling. You know, it won't like maybe it would again, like I'm never opposed to anything becoming one of my favorite comics because I always just want good comics, you know, but uh, I just see this as just kind of that nice like. Isn't I'm looking that what happened though with uh, I Hate This Place? Yeah, I mean, I hate this place ended up at like as on one of your night. favorite books. Like, right. I feel like I that's, it's one it, of those things. Sorry, it happened with me where I I started reading it just thinking it was good. It was good. And mm. then I just kept reading it. And I just liked it. Yeah. And I think that's what it came down to for me was that it it might not have like been the best comic insofar as like how it was written, like the art, all those things were very good. But I can think of like other comics that I like I get more excited about. But that again was just like a good, like it was just a good sustainable meal in the like comic book sense of just being like this hits all the check marks, you know, of like what makes a good comic. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do feel that way about this so far, of just like the art is good, the story is very compelling, and it's very fast moving, you know? Like oh yeah, no, it seems the like they're already like like if this was another comic with like a less skilled writer, this would be issue number four, not issue number two, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I, I'm trying to think if I have anything else I want to say. What any, how are you feeling about it? I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I like, like I said, the beginning when she walks, when it starts out with, with her in this issue in, in the coffee shop and she finds out like she's like oh my coffee she's like you finally gave it to me she's like well now i have to get a job because my millionaire husband <laughs> divorced me it's like right. yeah well then don't go sleeping around crazy right. lady <laughs> right and i'm like i like that it was very real at that point mm. and then later on they're dealing with the occult where it's like calling up demons and they're like uh we gotta get out of here we're on this crazy island yeah. and they try to escape and they had to light that fire on the dock Mm -hmm. and and they're just like and the guy's like get on board get back on my ship we gotta get you out of here and they're like now trying to solve this next mystery i like you know what it reminds me jed mckay is one of my favorite writers mm. and he always leaves you every every issue he leaves you with a little bit of funny a little bit of drama but the end always has suspense to the point where you want to know what happens next. Mm -hmm. So when I go back to read it again, and you talked about this many, uh, many, many, many episodes ago, where you wish that some of these books gave you a synopsis at the beginning of mm -hmm. what happened previously. And mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of Kyle Starks and Jed McKay books, they, they start the book off where they left off with a little bit of backstory, not, not, not always like a written backstory where you're kind of like, you're not just thrown in and then you mm -hmm. have to read four or five pages to figure it out. And that helps with liking the book as a whole. And um, I'm just, I'm excited. I really, really want to see where it goes. I, I like the story. I like the, the guy that the fact that the guy's like a boxer and he's really protective of her, but she's like super like 
intuitive and really wanting to be this detective. And he's like, you go for it, babe. Yeah. You be the detective. I'll punch that guy in the face for you. <laughs> yeah. I'll, and I'll gladly do it again and time and time again. Um, yeah. So, okay. So this next one that we're going to get into doesn't, isn't a detective story, but it kind of feels like it is. Oh, it's it, so a detective story. It's so a detective story. So we're, what we're talking about is beneath the trees where nobody sees. Oh man. And super, it's, 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 it's Dexter meets like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or like, yeah, just, and again, or just like the, the Bernstein bears of just like this, like fun little safe world that they live in. And I feel like this issue, um, does a really good job at giving like the personalities or like fleshing out the characters of the town a little bit more than it did in like other issues. Whereas in other issues, uh, for, and again, for those of you who don't know, this is like such an interesting and cool, original, uh, unique comic because it's set in this, like, how would you say this? Like a child's play or a child's like storybook universe. Like all the art looks very much just like those. Can old we just like stop and say how awesome Patrick Horvath is? Because you, you, uh, I mean, Tyler Crook wrote and, and drew the whole Lonesome Hunters book. And mm -hmm. I'm envious of that. And Jeff Lemire does a lot of his own like story and art stuff. When people do their own story and art, it should be a, it should be looked at as, wow, I can't believe this person is doing both the story and the art. I know that some artists just, they can do both, um, mm -hmm. but they don't always, you know, like I see Scotty Young a lot of times he'll do either the art or he'll do the writing. But in this case, Patrick, um, Patrick Horvath, he does both the art and the story, mm -hmm. and they're both amazing. This is not like, oh man, you're sacrificing art for the story or you're sacrificing story for the art. It's amazing. So yeah, you yeah. Yeah, I'll let you keep going, but I just want to like give a shout out to him because he does an amazing job doing both, which is really, really tough a lot of times in these situations. And I will say, I wonder how long he's had this story in mind because of how like in how like i feel like this art is so telling of the that kind of world and it it anyone who looks at it and is familiar with like these just childhood books are instantly kind of sucked back into that and that helps this kind of like jarring uh, juxtaposition of serial killers in this world you know of just the fact that there's again, going back to how this is kind of a detective story is you have this bear who is a, uh, you know, a serial killer, but she goes off to the city and just kind of picks people at random and then like meticulously dis <laughs> discards of their body. Whereas here in their small town, now there's somebody murdering people who are just, you know, once, once the attention wants people to know what that he they're out there and wants people to be living in fear um yeah and this yeah like i said this this issue does such a good job of really fleshing out the community and just showing you know how they're all just living in fear and like and, and it really did make me think about like if i know mean, I, I live in a bigger town than this but not that much bigger and like if we started having like people getting murdered it like like in a gruesome way like this, you know, like how that would affect my community. Forgetting even getting murdered. I mean, we in my town, my town is, I mean, I live on Long Island, so I have a, there's a huge population on Long Island, but the town that mm -hmm. I live in is small, small, small compared to most towns. Sure. And when um, a car gets broken into, like on your street, like mm -hmm. everybody's looking out like, oh, my God, is my car going to get broken into? Is, is someone here like forgetting just murder, like the small things end up becoming those things that you're just, you know, now everybody's like paranoid, like lock your doors, put up cameras, do this stuff. And um, in this instance, the fact that everyone in the town is doing this, but the main character is, like I said, Sherlock Holmes-esque, trying to solve this murder mystery by figuring out what are the clues that they know. And I was it Lavender? Was it Lavender was the clue? Yes, I think like, it was something like, like that. Like that the, that the, that the, the murderer was allergic to Lavender? Yeah. Something, something like that. And it's like, so, you know, 
the main character was following, you know, this one character in the whole story, trying to figure out like, oh man, it's got to be her. You know, her husband died. What's going on? Who's she talking to? She breaks into her house. Mm. And then I don't want to spoil the end of this for anyone who really does want to read this because it's so good. But then at the very end, when you hear the sneeze and she looks over and he looks over at her mm -hmm. and it was just like to be continued and you're like, oh, yeah, this comic does such a good job of just ending with that with that place of like, but but the storytelling throughout too mm -hmm. is so amazing. Mm -hmm. The last, that's, the yeah, sorry, sorry, you go. No, I was gonna say that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> it's just it's it does such a good job of delivering a single issue, of like being like, here's a story for you in here, but it does it is part of the bigger story. And something that I really liked about this issue was the fact that it wasn't just about the serial killer but she went off on this side quest broke into somebody's house and it didn't really lead to where she wanted to go but it is another kind of look into like the gross i won't say gross or just the realness or the the very you know muck of being a, a person-ness of this society you know and it's and it's not just like this fun little neighborhood on the outside but people just normal people do have their stuff you know they're they're yeah their gunk, their the crap that they live with. And yeah, again, you could just look like a little fun cartoon mouse, but you have just trauma back at home, you know? Yeah. You know what's funny is I heard I don't remember where I heard it, but somebody was talking about the fact that they think that maybe this town is actually people, but they they don't see themselves as people. They see themselves as the animals that are depicted as. Interesting. So yeah, it's I'm, like so these these individual animals, like if you remember the issue two with the lady who was like, "Get me my coffee," mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's just pushing through things. But like, what animal are you depicted as? Like, that's what everyone that's what everyone from the outside sees this town as. They see them as the animal that they really are, versus that they're actually animals versus an anthropomorphic like kind of life, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Always, these are always interesting philosophical things. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like that. I'm, I'm just so. I feel like the twist on. I feel like, I feel like there's. We're gonna figure out who it is, and it's gonna be resolved. But I feel like there's something else that's gonna pop up that I don't know why I feel that. Other than like, it. I don't feel like it would just be satisfying enough for this person to be like, okay, here's the serial killer. I've I've figured out the crime, you know, I feel like something else is going to happen on top of it. And again, I don't know why, but I just I feel like this is going to take us on a nice little like detour into something else. And I hope so. Yeah, I am um, sorry. Just I want to give no, you a complete ahead. side point for like 30 seconds, which is I finished reading the, the book, all yours. <laughs> thanks. I finished reading the book Sirens of the City, and that's one of my biggest pet peeves. I really enjoyed that book as a whole from the first issue to the fifth issue, fifth issue or sixth issue, whatever it was. But mm. the last issue, I did not like the way it ended. Like plain and simple. Like, and the problem was is that it's not a matter of that I that, that they they ended it how they wanted it to. Like they wrote it in the way that they wanted it to end, but I didn't love it. And I thought it ended in a, uh, uh, not as good a way as I would have wanted. And I was talking to my guy, James at my local comic shop. And he basically agreed with me that it shouldn't have ended that way. So my biggest fear is that this book beneath the trees where nobody sees ends in a way that like, I don't want it to end because it's mm. been so good. And I love so much of it. And there's been so many good books out there that have just ended in sign of a, like a yeah, kind of a, a wet thud. <laughs> right. And, it, and then it kind of like it, you look back and you're like, how good was that book? Because it didn't end the way you wanted. And that's why, again, to circle back to the beginning of this whole podcast, The Fourth Man was so good because it ended with two people staring at each other with guns. How is this going to end? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I and again, the the like even in that moment, the the ending doesn't need to necessarily pay off and show you how it's going. to. No, end. it doesn't. It just needs to show you like this is where it got to. Like, that's why right. I wouldn't even care. Like the way that that Patrick Horvath is writing 
beneath the trees, if it ends with it's like, if it ends with nobody figuring out that she's been murdering these people in the city, but she solved the murder in her town, and she's like, and everything went back to normal, and then they showed her murdering somebody, and then it just ended. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be okay with that because it's right. back to normal for that town and the city, even though nobody ever caught her because it's one of those, like, that's, that's the loop. Yeah. I even like, and again, I'd rather go that way than, than be like, Oh, she realizes that she doesn't want to be a killer anymore. You know, right. It's like hundred percent. No, she seems like she's, she's a psychopath, you know, like she's like, (laughs) she's like, I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. I'm breaking into homes so that I can continue to murder in peace, you know? Yes, exactly. So I think, (laughs) and again, that's such an interesting take of like, and a good, like a true anti-hero when you're like rooting for the person that you shouldn't be rooting for, yeah, you know, not just like they made the Joker cool now or whatever it is, you right. know? Um, yeah. So that was all the things that we had like really planned on t- talking about, but there, are there any other comics that you want to shout out now that we're um, getting close? To I would like to, well, I'd say uh, nothing crazy, but um, I love the space between um, Boom Studios put that out. It was a great book, four issue arc. Oh, it and oh. it and it, 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 so I, I read the first issue and really liked it. And that's the one that jumps decades, right? It jumps, jumps decades and then it ends. Um, I didn't love the last page of the ending of it. It kind of reminded me of like the way that I didn't love the way Eight Billion Genies ended at the very, very end, like where I, 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 I would have done something differently. But again, I'm not a comic writer, so like, what right. are you going to do? What, where am I getting put in this situation? Like, you know, yeah. I, I can't write. I can tell you what I would would do, but that doesn't mean I would have written it any differently. Um, and then once upon a time at the end of the world, I know a lot of my my buddies, pals, friends have uh, have left it. Man, it's like an emotional roller coaster to the end. Uh, it's up to issue twelve. It's going to go to issue fifteen. I cannot wait to see where it goes. Issue seven, I think, was the one where me and Kyle over at the comic book layer were talking about how it got a little crazy with the um, the sex stuff. But mm-hmm. it's gone up and down. It's roller coaster heaven. It it has the highs and the lows. But man, Jason Aaron knows how to write, which makes me want to jump on the. I think he's going to be doing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something like that. Mm-hmm. It makes me really want to read what he's going to do because. I think in trade, anybody who wants like a story, go. We'll pick this up when all fifteen come out. And I think uh, my Marvel stuff has been pretty good. Fantastic Four has been pretty good. X Men's been pretty good. Avengers has been amazing. Avengers Twilight. If you want to pick up any cool new Avengers thing, I would say Avengers Twilight. Go pick that up. It's only two issues in, and uh, yeah, that's about uh, that's about all I'm, I'm at right now. Nice. I will say I was looking at my. I spend most of my time at my comic shop looking at the indie walls and then there's a Marvel wall that's right next to it. And I'll look at like, just kind of glance over that. And then there's a DC wall next to it that I just never look at is kind of how my brain works. But I was looking at the Marvel wall and I was like, man, I'm kind of bummed that like, cause there's, it's not just like it's, it's practicality reasons as well as a lot of the reasons I don't get into that stuff is just because I can only afford X amount of comics. I know I can only read X amount of comics a week and there's just so much there. And it's just, and yeah, like looking over it, I'm like, man, I do kind of want to know what this stuff is about. But again, that's why I love the Marvel Unagi over at the comic book lair, where I get to hear you and Kyle talk about all the stuff that's going on. And it's nice to kind of get filled in. I really wish I was on the Fantastic Four. Every time you guys talk about, oh, Fantastic I just read, Four, I just read issue seventeen, and it was so good. They discover fossil uh, it doesn't matter this is a single standalone issue they discover mm-hmm. fossils that look like they're 15 million years old and they shouldn't be there because there shouldn't be human remains when the mm-hmm. humans weren't weren't in that part of the world right and it turns out that it was sue storms fossils oh so they have to use their uh their time travel machine to travel back similar to like the way kang travels through time yeah. to figure out how her how she died 15 million years ago that's super interesting. I right. wonder like they, if she'll it, die in that time period and be like, oh, well, no, I brought my and, bones and there. And that's the funny thing. It's like that's th- this whole series by Ryan North has been amazing because every issue is kind of it, – it's very fresh. 
it's it's my favorite Marvel single run. X Men is my favorite series, but X Men has been so many spinoffs. Mm. But the Fantastic Four is just. If you get Marvel Unlimited and you get the chance and you want to read it, or if you want to listen to me and Kyle over at uh, Marvel Unagi, the comic book lair, you can listen to me rant and rave and talk about all other nonsense over there. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure I have that linked in the uh, description below uh, so that, yeah, so that everybody can check that out. Um, the last thing that I just I want to talk about, uh, I picked this up two weeks ago, I believe, Dark Spaces Dungeons number three. Um, and this definitely fits into like the rest of the stuff that we've been talking about this week of like a dark uh, detective story. And this is just about uh, there's this psychopath who uh, has dungeons all across America and keeps people in them and like tortures them psychologically, like physically they distorts them and one of the people who there's only been like one or two people that have ever escaped and one of them is uh currently a detective trying to find the guy and um somebody uh was out jogging and they uncovered one of the dungeons which has been impossible to find any because they get abducted and just taken there and then they die there because so few people have escaped and the people who do escape like are delusional and they escape at night. And so they can't, they get lost in the woods and they don't know how to get back to where they were. Um, so yeah, it's, it's written by Scott Snyder and the artist by Hayden Sherman. So they're just like one of my favorite teams when they come together. I mean, they did uh dark spaces, wildfires, which was a, such a fun, interesting, unique book. Um, yeah. So I don't know this was just, continues to be good it's very it's like it deals with like a lot of the same issues as like pine and miramac but it's it is the heaviness that you would think that that world would feel you know what i mean that's pretty awesome i actually haven't read any of that stuff yeah so uh this is i haven't been pleased with like a lot of the other dark spaces uh stuff that's been coming out the hollywood special and i forget what the other one is called but um, yeah, Dark Spaces Wildfire and Dark Spaces Dungeon, those are both by Scott Snyder and Hayden Sherman. And I love Hayden Sherman. Their art is one of the best in the business, in my humble opinion. Um, he's gotten a lot more clean. He looks a lot more like his art looks a lot more like um, John Ramada Jr.'s, uh, just in kind of the way that like the faces are very round um, and like just, a, I don't know, his, his art is just their art has just gotten a, a lot cleaner and i do oh, kind yeah. of that looks like all the art that you see though now i think that that's really nice though i, I mm -hmm. when it's when it's a little bit cleaner yeah i i will say i i like dirty art from time to time or just like sketchier art and i feel dirty like art. well because i'm thinking about like this compared to like chicken devil you know or even chicken... like jeff lemire jeff lemire's art is is like a scratchier art yeah but i the, love lemire the scratchiest um, well, I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody who would have like more spazzy art, but I, I can't think of that at the moment. But yeah, that uh, that comic I've just been super enjoying. Um, another one that I read up some time back, Slow Burn. This is uh, just continues to be really good, continues to be really weird. And this is something that I'll definitely be getting in trade paperback because every issue is from a different character's perspective. And so it's kind of hard to follow like the main story, especially because there's decent sized gaps in between each issue. And then because it's being told from a different person's perspective and like not necessarily picking up chronologically, it is kind of a little like confusing, but overall I'm enjoying it. I, yeah, I'm it's, it's a nice like artistic piece. It kind of feels like it's a little bit above kind of your normal comic book, like how it tells stories, but this is kind of transcended into that like artsier realm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All righty. Well, I think that'll do us for this week. Uh, Ross, thank you so much for coming on and having this little chit chat with us. Why yeah, don't you uh, be here? Yeah. I well, literally like I, I messaged you probably <laughs> six hours ago and asked if you could do this. So, you know, if I know somebody's reading comics, it's uh, you. <laughs> so I literally read like five books today before you even messaged me. <laughs> I I'll I will admit that I read a lot. I 
uh, not all of the ones that I talked about, but I did read a bunch before coming on here in between when I texted you initially and now <laughs> because I wanted to be like, all right, I got to have stuff to talk about. Um, normally I have three more days before I have to, uh, and S Sunday mornings are my comic book day. That's when I like sit down with my, uh, Oh yeah, no, tomorrow morning, man, I'm going out. We're, uh, my birthday was this past week. So oh, happy we're, birthday. We're, thanks man. We're going to a, a distillery and oh, uh, we rented that. some, we rented some igloos and, um, we're going to have renting a whole, an igloo? just like they have those outdoor igloos and this, 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 uh, uh, better man distillery okay. they have their they have these like outdoor igloos that are themed so like they have like a they have like a football one and then they have like a disco one and then they have these different things that's so a bunch of those and yeah and, like the kids will come and we'll have some drinks and food and there'll be food trucks and it'll be a lot of fun that's so that's my sunday yeah um where can people find you yeah if you guys uh want to follow me i am at red optical corp on instagram that's basically where you'll find me i actually my friend um who is take me uh at take me to the riot he actually started a facebook group for beneath the trees oh. which he has me as an administrator on we have 15 people in our group man it's getting crazy <laughs> oh well maybe you'll have to send that to me because i'll join um, that group yeah no that's about it um i i'm on tiktok every once in a while just posting videos of me talking comics playing music and enjoying life because life is awesome. That's about all there is to it. I like that. That's great. Well, like I said, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you, everybody, for listening or watching, however you uh, consume this podcast. Uh, I appreciate that. Make sure that you give us a like and a subscribe. You know what to do. If you're on the Internet, you know how to participate with uh media on the internet i think we're at 197 at the yes, moment yes you were i saw that today that was awesome uh i'm gonna just be honest and i've said this before that a lot of those i'm pretty sure are bots but hey we'll take them so because i know that i'm at least subscribed on two different emails but again nobody's it hey, i only got ten, i only got 10 subscribers man oh uh, well you're 187 yeah, I mean, more than me well, <laughs> what are you gonna do uh, I'm pretty sure my music page has like nine. So, you know, <laughs> it swings and roundabouts, man. You, you got to do what you got to do. But uh, we are on all the social medias, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, as the Poolbox Pals or just Poolbox Pals. Uh, it's all linked in the uh, description below, as well as some stuff for uh, Ross over at the comic book lair and just all the fun stuff that he does with those guys. Um, yeah. And uh, as we say here at the end of each episode, what do we what do we say, Ross? What's our new one? I don't remember because I uh, like that. I, I read comics in these years and I can't know the new one. Oh, uh, it's OK. I threw you right under the bus on that one, but it's OK. You know why? Because you can embrace your inner comic. feel bad throwing you under the bus like that oh, why don't you just did the uh, the old uh catchphrase to end it oh i don't care that was great actually i thought that was perfect <laughs> <laughs> all right well then we'll just end on that one good night everybody